Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby. Connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. This is my first show for the new year. Happy New Year to y'all. And today is January 3rd, 2017. How y'all doing? For me, the last couple of weeks have been a bit different than uh, usual holiday times. You know, as the the holidays and the new year kind of rolled on by, I found myself kind of reeling through quite a variety of feelings. And uh, I don't know, I found myself in like a contemplation kind of mode more often than not. I mean, just feeling internally really quiet. A lot of other people I talk to kind of feel the same way. It's like they're exhausted from the year 2016. I don't know. So I rested a lot myself. But what a year 2016 was, and thank God it's done and gone is all I can say. And what we face now, especially after these last couple of weeks, are major changes Fasten your seatbelts, Renegade Nation, I'm telling you. But before I get into that, I want to talk about Obama. (laughs) And what we're seeing in this outgoing administration is, it's got to be just simply the loss of power. And they are terrible losers, I have to say. The Obama administration, I do believe, was the worst in recorded history, even though Obama keeps saying that he thinks he did a good job. (laughs) According to who and by what parameters, I do not know. Retaliation seems to be the order of the day in a variety of ways. Uh, They're thrashing about in desperation and denial that their well-defined plans have mostly come to naught. The result is that those efforts to cling to their past power and global control are blowing up in their faces left and right, and this is beyond the Obama administration. Much to their shock and chagrin, they have been thwarted in ways that many in the halls of power in D.C. never expected. I guess it hasn't sunk in for them that we're moving on to better ideas and more than ready to recreate things that make sense once again. The old paradigms that have been in control for a very long time in the Western world are being steadily and consistently taken down. Right now, we're experiencing the, I don't know what the word would be, the washout, I guess you could say. It's hard to say what other dirty tricks they might be planning, though, to pull between now and the 20th. I mean, you have to wonder. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to do some kind of false flag here in the U.S. or somewhere on the planet and then blame it on Russia as well. Wouldn't put it past them. Now that it's clear that Trump is president-elect, Obama has apparently lost his marbles, or perhaps his true colors are shining through, because apparently he can't hold himself at bay any longer. The things he's doing these last days are incomprehensible, unless you are of the mind that, I don't know, equality, righteousness, and justice are passe. Just aspects of humanity that we can dispose of, or at least pretend they don't exist. You know, I had this picture that's been playing my mind of Obama. I just keep seeing this picture and over and over again. You know, it started while he was vacationing in Hawaii over the holidays. 
and I guess it, it makes sense. Um, what's a lame duck president supposed to do in his last days in office? Might as well play golf at the taxpayer's expense. But while he's not working on his golf swing, this picture I had of him pen in hand, madly signing executive order after executive order with malice of forethought, it seems he's making up for lost time to accomplish, I don't know, a, a last-ditch effort to make sure his legacy is a total fuck-all? No one on the planet can look to him as anything other than a megalomaniac with delusions of grandeur. And this whole thing, like his uh, persistent claims that Russia is behind the hacking of the DNC in the election, and, you know, I find it extremely hard to embrace the thought that some people out there might be buying this claptrap bullshit. And by the way, not a single mainstream newspaper is calling Obama out for this obvious partisan abuse of power to save the DNC from a revolution internally. The DNC is a private organization. It is not a government agency any more than the Republicans, the Green Party, or the Communist Party. There is no way Obama would have done this if any other party was hacked, proving that this is an abuse of power to benefit only the Democrats. He's also instructed the CIA to do what it does best and create a report of lies on this Russian hacking thing. Uh, from what I've been reading, the only report that has come forth so far is from, uh, I think it was from Homeland Security, and it's a general description of Russia's potential capabilities along these lines with an actual disclaimer at the top of the report, <laughs> they actually put a disclaimer, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but it says something like, whatever they surmise about Russia's potentialities cannot be counted on as factual, but Obama is insistent about his claims. I mean, now, does Obama actually believe that this will save the DNC's butt? Does he actually think that the high-level donors to the Democratic Party who want a full audit of where the $1.5 billion Hillary raked in in the last days of the election, you think they're all going to forget about all that and start donating the big bucks again? Because if that's what Obama is thinking, he's clearly gone bonkers. Russia, for its part, thankfully, is not reacting in kind to Obama's insulting rhetoric and lies. Putin seems to be taking it in stride, uh, the expulsion of the Russian diplomats from U.S. soil, saying they will not be expelling any U.S. diplomats from Russia. They'll just wait for the new administration to come in so that they have legitimate possibility of saner minds at the helm. Russia, I'm sure, is only smirking in general disgust. Oh, Oh, and then Obama, pen in hand, once again, I visualize him madly signing away and by cover of night on this one, conveyed his authoritarian tendencies once again and has just laid illegal claim to 1.5 million acres of public lands in Utah and Nevada, lands that belong to the people, not the federal which has absolutely no authority or jurisdiction to get away with this claptrap of criminal inland piracy. Coincidentally, the lands in Nevada involved in this asset grab 
also include the area where the Bundy Ranch is. Don't you know that it has to be at least partially connected to the Bundy standoffs in both Nevada and Oregon? But more importantly, these areas in both Nevada and Utah actually include land that has documented precious metals, huge uranium deposits, and so forth throughout. And I'll remind you that the Bundys and others who were already declared innocent in court of the standoff up in Oregon last winter are still illegally imprisoned to this day, awaiting trials in Nevada next month over the Bundy standoff back in 2014. But to be clear, this asset grab being attempted by old bummer will include the stealing of land rights, water rights, mineral rights, and so on down the line from the people of those two states that those lands belong to. It boggles the mind that he thinks, and I'm sure he does, the arrogant pissant. His executive order frenzy will stand. Trump, when he gets in, will hopefully rescind the majority of Obama's attempted criminality and leave this lame duck president null and void. I just wish it were possible to erase the past eight years of his time in office. Actually, I mean, while we're at it, wouldn't it be nice to erase the past 16, 17 years or so, starting with just before 9-11? No, 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 let's take it. Let's take it all the way back to at least George H.W. Bush's administration back in the late 80s, because that's the head of the snake that has poisoned this country. I do believe the snake has gotten hold of its own tail and is devouring itself these days. Big yay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and hey, Renegade Nation, I came up with a great idea for the best reality show of all time. We'll broadcast it worldwide so every can, everyone can enjoy this show. The show begins with the global roundup of all of the self-interested, greedy megalomaniacs involved in various secret groups and societies hell-bent on controlling the world for themselves. Uh, the evidence of who these people are is known now. A good start would be the published list of the Committee of 300 I talked about last show. So the ground roundup the grand roundup, I should say, begins with cattle calling whoops and hollers. The use of cattle prods would be included as well. Then, en masse, they'd be airdropped to an isolated island with no amenities, stripped of everything but the clothes on their backs, and no useful tools. <laughs> Once deposited there, they'd be left to their own devices to survive. Can you picture that, Renegade Nation? <laughs> Can you imagine how these people would live and work together on this island? I mean, what do you suppose they'd do? Resort to uh, cannibalism, perhaps? <laughs> or would they simply piss and moan and cry at the injustice they face? Kind of like the, uh, the snowflakes that represent a portion of America who were so devastated by Killary not winning. Oh, who'll pay for the roof over my head? Who'll pay for my food, my very subsistence? Who'll steal for me so that I can remain ignorant and self-satisfied? But seriously, don't you think this reality show is high comedy? 
oh, 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 and here and there from, a, let's say there's a dedicated satellite, a red laser beam would pinpoint one or more of them at any given time so that they think they're going to be toast at any second. So they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off, drones flying around. What a show! Now that's entertainment. <laughs> uh, I've got myself carried away with myself. Anyway. And the year is just getting started, thinking about it. Uh, Trump says he's going to drain the swamp in D.C. I just hope that it includes all those neocon, neoliberal con think tanks infested with the warhawk mentality of world hegemony, dominion and control through destruction and murder. Because these people, I mean, I seriously, are they actually people? I hope not. I mean, I hope they're not human. And that's why they behave the way they do. At least then it would all make sense, wouldn't it? Okay, I'm taking a break. When I come back, uh, I'm going to talk about what's going on at the UN regarding not only the resolution on the ceasefire in Syria, which happily, by the way, is was done without the U.S. or NATO's participation. <laughs> but the resolution just passed regarding Israel's illegal settlements in Palestine. Major stuff, Renegade Nation. Oh, before I want to break, I want to ask if you've been listening uh, to uh, Sky Pilot Radio. Because if not, I invite you to do so. Because Sky Pilot Radio plays the classic hit favorites from the 60s, 70s, and 80s about rebellion, freedom, and the pursuit of good times. Sky Pilot Radio, the soundtrack of your life. Check it out at www.skypilotradio.com This is Everly Isby connecting the dots on Renegade Talk Radio. Be right back. We don't sugarcoat shit. (laughs) This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello again, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots. And you know, before the break... I said that uh, I wanted to talk about the two recent resolutions at the UN Security Council. I'm sure most of you are aware of them, but are you aware of how they are linked? It's an example of the huge shifts and changes going on around the world today, and what just happened at the UN these past weeks has major implications that are actually a very good sign, in my opinion. The following, I'm going to quote from an article from RT, Russian Times. Today, and this is, I'm quoting now, Today, the 15 members of the United Nations Security Council voted unanimously to approve a nationwide Syrian ceasefire. This is major news for many reasons. When combined with the UN resolution demanding an end to Israeli settlement building on occupied Palestinian land, it is even bigger. It says that this vote ensures peace in the Middle East. I'll say that again. This says that this vote ensures peace in the Middle East. Quote, the draft resolution prepared by Russia was officially presented to the UNSC, the UN Security Council, on Friday, a day after Moscow sent the texts of two agreements signed by the Syrian government and seven armed opposition groups to the UN body. On the surface, not big news, but look a little deeper and your jaw will drop, taking your breath away with it. This last UNSC resolution was China and Russia's cherry 
atop a very old, very violent cake that tasted a lot like legal precedent for the entire Middle East peace process, in perpetuity and universally binding. Russia, Turkey, and Iran have now officially guaranteed Syrian border integrity and national sovereignty, while China has agreed to rebuild the nation via finance. This after over four decades plus of fighting. Syria has always opposed Israeli expansion going way back historically because they knew that after Palestine, Syria would be next. They also knew Israel would be fearless when it came to occupying other nations for their land. So make no mistake, the Syria ceasefire resolution that passed today at the UN is really a binding truce between all the pro-Arab nation-states and pro-Israel nation-states which results in Middle East peace. Ah, that sounds great to me. (laughs) Geopolitically, Israel is now cornered, and if it does not accept all these, now listen to this, if it does not accept all these internationally recognized legal resolutions, the Neset will force a referendum vote on the two-state issue in order, now get this, for the sovereign nation of Israel to remain a part of Listen carefully, Renegade Nation. The new gold-backed financial system emanating out of Beijing, which they signed as enforceable treaty through the 2015 Paris Agreement on climate change. Do you remember that, the 2015 Paris Agreement? They said it was regarding climate change, but I do believe it had more to do with the uh, behind-the-scenes efforts to bring a sustainable financial system to the fore based oh my God, on real money. This makes Bibi Netanyahu, by the way, the poster child for the politically walking dead because America has now abandoned Israel as a military protector and the Obama administration went ahead and signed a $10 billion, 10-year military budget extension for Israel, which truthfully is a clever buyout from American military and diplomatic support for all future Israeli affairs. No doubt the American removal from all critical Israeli agendas is the decisive death blow to future Israeli expansion plans. In fact, they'll have to walk walk their sovereign borders back to the 1967 lines. Also agreed to per voted and passed resolution by the United Nations Security Council. So, Renegade Nation, the proxy wars that the U.S. and other allies have been staging over these many years has been at the behest and interests of the greater Israel agenda, or Saudi interests in the region and so forth, but it appears now that the times, they are a-changing, and it took Russia stepping in a year ago last September to intervene in the Middle East and kick some righteous ass in Syria. Russia the aggressor, I'd say. Russia the avenger. You know, and I've talked about the BRICS alliance in the past, but they don't really refer to it as the BRICS alliance anymore. It's morphed into uh, the the concept of the Eurasian Union, the huge infrastructure build-out projects of the One Belt, One Road. I mean, for example, you know, the, the Turkish Stream Pipeline I talked about in the last couple of shows. Uh, that pipeline project that became law in Turkey last month to bring Russia's gas to Europe 
through Turkey. And this deal is the result of the U.S.-backed coup in the Ukraine in 2014, which severely shut down the pipelines that went from Russia through the Ukraine and on to Europe. And then there's also the deal just signed by Qatar with Russia to have a 20% stake in Russia's gas giant Rosneft, which is, by the way, the largest corporation on the planet. The Eurasian Union, One Belt, One Road, will enable that part of the world to work together in a win-win trade internationally with the fundamental concept of respect for national sovereignty and in respect for individual national interests. Included in this plan has been the concerted effort to remove themselves, Russia and China specifically, uh, to begin with, out from under the thumb of the Western banking hegemony. You know, that fiat debt-based system we all love which is a rigged casino of racketeering, manipulation, and fraud that is unsustainable. Russia and China over the past years have created their new financial system through the AIIB, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, and other key components that make it unnecessary to deal with the West, unless, of course, the Western world wants to play nice and respect the sovereignty of other nations as equals. Britain, for example saw the writing on the wall, and has become a foundational partner in the BRICS alliance. Hence, the Brexit steps out of the EU. Do you see now why the Obama administration and the neocon, neoliberal con think tank morons have worked so feverishly to demonize Russia? Why Hillary Putin, why Hillary called Putin the next Hitler? All evidence aside... When I come back, Renegade Nation, I'm going to speak into that. And I'll be right back. This is Everly Isby. Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. Uh, hi, Renegade Nation. It's Everly, and I'm back. Uh, and as I said, I want to talk about Russia. Um, you know, the uh, uh, just a quick bit of history. So that what is happening now as we connect these docs uh, will help us all to really see what is happening right now. Because historically, it is a game changer that is changing the face of how the world will function. It is truly a paradigm shift, and with this information, we'll be able to watch as this year unfolds how the various players on the world stage respond. I'm going to read from an article by Pepe Escobar, uh, just some bits and snatches to paint this picture and connect the dots. He starts off by saying, a quarter of a century ago, on the night of December 25th, 1991, the red flag was lowered from the Kremlin cupola and the USSR was no more. Arguably, what President Putin later described in 2005 as, quote, the biggest geopolitical catastrophe of the 20th century, doubled as the most comprehensive fall of an empire in modern history. The uh, go-go 1990s were heady times. Bill Clinton gleefully implemented the neocon Wolfowitz Doctrine, which, if you're not familiar, was the plan for U.S. global dominance as the then sole superpower on the planet. Russia was raped by a bunch of Western remote-controlled oligarchs. NATO progressively reveled in its deeper role 
as Lord Ismay had conceptualized of, quote, keeping the Americans in, the Russians out, and the Germans down, unquote. After all, since Dr. Zbigniew had led David Rockefeller to install the Trilateral Commission in 1973, the big picture was always to secure U.S. power to prevail over every other nation-state, thus conforming what was dubbed global governance. That was further expanded early in the new millennium via the Pentagon's full-spectrum dominance doctrine. But then Vladimir Putin in 2000 stepped onto the geopolitical stage. Only three years ago, Mikhail Gorbachev stressed that Putin, quote, saved Russia from disintegration, unquote. Arguably, he engineered much more than that. The American resolve to make the so-called greater Middle East through wars of choice, regime change, and covert ops has miserably failed. As we wait for the dawn of the Trump era, a major geopolitical question mark, what is certain is that the war party U.S. deep state won't admit defeat. And the key geopolitical riddle riddle to be answered is how strident internal American tensions will deal with the hub of progressive Eurasia integration, Russia, China, and Iran. In Pepe's uh, article, he goes on to describe how the uh, Pentagon is itself divided. Escobar details that Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, General Joseph Dunford, sees Russia as the biggest threat, while Mattis, the new head of the Pentagon under Trump, the biggest threat is Iran. The crucial question, therefore, is who will Trump be really listening to? Russia, for its part, since Putin took the reins, has very strategically rebuilt its military to where Putin announced at the Defense Ministry's headquarters in Moscow before the holiday season last month, quote, we can say with certainty, we are stronger now than any potential aggressor. And he added, anyone. This after Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu stressed Russia, for the first time in its history, has fully protected the extensive Russian borders with early warning anti-missile systems. The latest is the rollout of the S-500 project, which is a new generation surface-to-air missile system. It's designed for intercepting and destroying intercontinental ballistic missiles, as well as hypersonic cruise missiles and aircraft for air defense and for jamming aircraft. The Pentagon must be processing this information with extreme seriousness. Putin's frank admission is extremely surprising, by the way, because the nature of Russian strategy is always to conceal strength. Yet in the new geopolitical configuration we're dealing with today, possibly a preamble to post-Cold War 2.0, the most important element was to send a clear preemptive message to the Pentagon. At his year-end press conference, uh, it's an annual marathon at the end of each year, multiple hours, uh, Putin speaks to the world press. And I mean, could you imagine any U.S. president doing that, spending hours just answering question after question? You know, nobody's telling them what they can ask and what they can't ask. (laughs) Putin does that. But uh, Putin also remarked at this marathon uh, press conference, Quote, what we have between Russia and China is more than just a strategic partnership, unquote. That 
was another subtle but clear message to any actors inside or around the U.S. deep state, Brzezinski included, or inside or lateral to the Trump administration, bent on deploying the usual divide-and-rule tactics to play Russia against China? Moreover, the three crucial Eurasian actors, Russia, China, and Iran, have already agreed on a mutual defense policy. So, any fancy Pentagon ideas on Iran instantly hits a no-go area. Remember, Renegade Nation, it was only 25 years ago, this last Christmas, the most comprehensive fall of an empire in modern history, the fall of the Soviet Union. I don't know about you, but what Putin has done in the past 16 years is beyond remarkable. So get ready, because the thick of the action starts now. All I can say is I hope Trump's new administration is that of calm, clear rationality and a firm sense that world peace is a long overdue direction to head. The people of the planet long for peace. Now we just need to get the deep state military security complex on board. Let's make profits in any number of other ways, like infrastructure build-outs with sustainable, clean technologies. Empty the fucking cupboards and bring out the suppressed patents and let's clean up the planet, end poverty, and start educating the people of this planet equally and truthfully. I'm ready. Are you too, Renegade Nation? Yeah, sure, you betcha. Oh, oh, and by the way, on the links part of my homepage is an article that is, I do believe, the payback by Netanyahu for the U.S. abstaining on the U.N. vote regarding Israel's settlements in the Palestinian lands. I have to say it's, uh, I'll give you a hint, it's Pizzagate personified. Uh, Check it out. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. Once again, Happy New Year, and fasten your seatbelts, because 2017 is going to be very interesting. Thanks for listening, Renegade Nation. Be back very soon. This is Everly Esby, signing off.